Hi there. Welcome to the Jewelry Navigator podcast, an on-the-go source of original and unique jewelry with stories of the designers who create it. My name is Brenna Pakes. I'm a graduate gemologist with a degree in geology. I've worked in the retail sector for over 15 years. After completing my graduate gemology diploma and working in the industry for a little while, I took an intermittent career break and worked for a major airline. That's why I combine the theme of aviation and the concept of navigating shoppers to choices of unique jewelry, as well as understanding gem selection and jewelry construction, as well as metal choices. I do a coordinating blog post for every podcast showing photos of the jewelry that we're talking about, as well as links to the jewelers and more information about them. So I hope you enjoy the episodes and feel free to subscribe for your Jewelry Navigator Passport, a way to stay up to date with the current episodes and upcoming features. Thanks so much for joining us and enjoy the episode. Hi there. Welcome to today's Jewelry Navigator podcast. I'm really excited about my guest today. Her name is Asia Nail, also known as I Rock Gems on Instagram. She is an advocate for all kinds of jewelry designers. She loves all jewelry, but mostly her jam, as she calls it, is diversity and inclusion and making sure that those two things are working together as best as she can influence it. And interestingly enough, she has a passion project that just was kind of fell into her lap. It's something that she's always wanted to do and she explains it in depth. It's a really exciting project that she has going on. She's mom to two children under the age of three years old, so she is just rocking it. (laughs) I hope you enjoyed the episode, and check out my Instagram feed. I've got some special posts going out in celebration of the 50th anniversary of Apollo 11 and the lunar landing. So jewelry with the theme of celestial stars and moons, so many talented jewelers that I've posted so far, and I can't wait to show you more. So without further delay, on to the episode, sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode. Why don't you tell me more about what you're doing, and then we can go from there. Started um, working for the newspaper view. I've been meeting so many people, so I've been working with um, a gentleman here who has an entrepreneur institute. Mm-hmm. And he's really integral in helping me set up this diversity project. So oh, cool. that's what I've been doing. It's like not enough time in the day, I feel like. <laughs> I know. I know. I feel the same way. The baby is teething and it's just... Oh, I know. My little five-month-old, Brenna, he is 21 pounds. I cannot believe he's five months old. Jeez. I know. Already. Like, oh and he's in a size four diaper. <laughs> <laughs> he is so cute. He really is. He's my calm, sweet child, and Lennox is my exciting, um, theatrical child. <laughs> you said you've been writing for the paper. What paper is it again? Um, the paper is called The Sojourner Truth. Okay. And it's an African-American-owned newspaper here in 
uh, Toledo, Ohio. And we just focus on all topics, you know, concerning our culture and community. And what I have been doing personally are the, I write the feature articles. Okay. So okay. we'll have a prominent person within our city or the, tr- the surrounding area that I have the honor of interviewing and relaying back to the community how, you know, they can be integral part of what they're doing and so on and so forth. Okay. All right. Cool. Before you got on, I read your message. So everybody knows about your, um, your Diamonds of Diversity project. Tell us a little bit more about that and how it resonates with you and how you, how you got into doing this and where you are in the process of it. Sure. Well, I'm definitely in the very beginning stages of this particular project, but as far as my um, beginning stages of it coming together, like the fruition of it really started with my microblogging experience on Instagram and really feeling like I didn't or couldn't see myself in a lot of the marketing materials with the jewelry and Mm -hmm. it just kind of bothered me but I'm in no way like I don't really like to equate a lot of things to race Mm -hmm. so it's just always been in the back of my mind so basically as far as diversity is concerned you know it's just a range of like different things it's like super simple but when you start to talk about diversity it makes people very uncomfortable because I think we always equate it to race like we don't think naturally about just all of the differences and the similarities. Like we, we're more similar than we are different, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Uh-huh. So, okay. So help us understand that and define what diversity means to you and how it can be applied to, you know, today's culture. And like you mentioned in marketing, that is, it's a whole reflection of how we see our culture. And when people are left out, not a true picture. Exactly. So really, you know, diversity, like I said, it's just a variety. It's a range of different things. And for me, diversity, I like to really look at the cultural aspect of diversity because it's the existence of both variety and actual ethnic groups within a society. So it's like you add that extra layer. But Mm -hmm. When we're when I think of actually valuing diversity, it takes on a whole other meaning because it's really appreciating those differences on the basis that we are more alike than we are different. The reason that I decided to start this inclusive project is because for my personal preference, I like to think in terms of representation. It just connects the jewelry and the unique story and includes everyone. And it's just like a different way of thinking instead of being super confused about diversity. Okay. How would you, how would you apply that, the different concepts of diversity to an advertising project? Well, when it comes to advertising, I mean, I really think that we have to be, um, we have to be conscious of the whole marketing of, the different three legs. Like there's three legs of any marketing campaign. There's going to be your advertisement where there's no money. You're just giving people information. There's going to be 
promotion where it's there are dollars tied into what you're doing and actually trying to sell your piece of jewelry or your product. And then there's publicity. And in my opinion, you can put diverse elements in any of those three categories, but if you really break them down and you start to think of things that resonate with you, then it's a little easier to have representation and kind of take out, you know what I'm saying, take out our own preconceived notions of culture, race, ethnicity, and just start with representation and let everything else flow from there. Okay, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, I don't always like when we tell people that we have to do things because we're not taking into consideration that we've done a lot of work and we put a lot of money into narrow our narrow focus of who our target market is, and that is important. But at the same time, we have to make sure that we don't leave out those people that may not ever get to know your brand if they didn't feel like they could resonate with something. Okay. So I think it's more important to look at it from the standpoint of representation. It's one of those words, and I think I I wrote to you a little while ago that sometimes um, terms or, or words become kind of trendy and their meaning right. loses clarity. So to understand that it's really not that big of a deal, you just want to make sure mm-hmm. that you're including everybody and not leaving anyone out. That's basically what diversity is. Right. I think a really good example is um, I read an article in the National Jeweler with uh, Tiffany and company with their mm-hmm. Spring 2019 campaign, it, it has Kendall Jenner as one of the faces of Tiffany & Co. and a very diverse group of models, which is really exciting. And, you know, okay. they're celebrating, like, their personal style, their personal style and their self-expression. And seriously, Brenna, like, it's everything because I think it's really nice to have those models to kind of see how you can get your own flow for what you're doing for your brand and you know, be able to compare and contrast what you're trying to do with your vision. So kind of um, veering in the direction of our specific industry, that was a really good example as far as um, the Tiffany & Co. But kind of on a smaller scale and talking mostly about women, I've noticed it in the last probably 10 to 15 years, women are definitely becoming more prominent in the jewelry design, just basically the jewelry business. We have lots of people who represent the marketing aspect of it. And then, you know, people like you and I working in various um, aspects of, of of the business from retail to behind the scenes and consulting work. So it's a really exciting time to be in. And really, that's what one of the reasons, like one of the many reasons that I really appreciate the Women's Jury Association. And just to speak to what you're doing and what resonates with you, you know, with women, I fully agree that men can just as much support women in our industry as us supporting each other. So I don't think they always have to so much be excluded because look at, you know, all of the men that have supported the Women's Jury Association, but it is so awesome to make the distinction because we really have been kind of like left out for so many years 
in the industry, you know? So it's nice to be celebrated. Yes, it is. And to be, you know, to be a part of it, to be a part of helping women decide what to wear that will reflect what their values are and what their personalities show. And I just think it's such an exciting time because so long it's been designed by men and they're not the ones wearing it. They don't know those little nuances of the weight of earrings and what it does to our ears, you know, um, or whether a necklace is going to be comfortable or not. Right. Just those little things. No, I I agree. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. To speak to that, like, I actually heard um, something profound that I know I'm going to carry with me and teach to my children through the years, but I heard the quote, and I don't know who it's from, um, don't throw away a fortune in silver digging for gold. And... You know, I think we miss it a lot of times because we're so used to things being the way they've always been mm-hmm. that we, like, literally miss fortunes in, you know, supporting women or supporting a new sector within our business or supporting diversity regardless of what you call it. So I think for me, you know, I've, I've had a little bit of a trying time trying to narrow down who I'm talking to because it's really important to me to, like, do small groups to have a voice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I want people to always, um, like, consider what's in it for the customer and the client and every type of buying experience online and store, you know, fine jewelry, demi-fine jewelry, designer jewelry. For me, as a blogger, I really like speaking to those things because I think that it just takes sometimes to have that, like, objective view, just mm-hmm. listening to a podcast like this or whatever, where you can say, you know what, I've literally been throwing away a fortune over here because I'm used to doing things this way. To your point, that's one reason why I started Jewelry Navigator was to open people's eyes to the designers who we may not see in stores. It might be a while before we see that. It may not be ever, which is which is fine. And my my goal is to continue to support them and get them out there. Which you know, whether it's in a store, a boutique, or on their online. Um, store or on you know my website, whatever I can do to help and expose their jewelry um, That's right. is, is is really what I'm hoping for. What else can you tell me about how this all ties into you know what you've seen and what you see coming you know coming in the future? Yeah, definitely. I mean, to me, like the jewelry industry at large, I'm a huge advocate that we should be open to all the sectors because all the pieces matter. Just like, you know, for you, you really resonate with indie designers. And for me, I really resonate with representation and, like, visuals. Well, I just thought it interesting that, you know, within behind-the-scenes circles with the majority industry, there's a lot of controversy surrounding around lab-grown diamonds. Mm-hmm. But... Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, when topics like that come up, we really miss 
a huge opportunity then for gold when we have a fortune of people that, one, aren't collectors typically. They have no connection to the jewelry industry at all. Maybe have never even owned a piece of jewelry. But they may have a connection to not wanting to be involved with any stone that has been mined just because Mm -hmm. they've read that there's controversy and they don't want any parts of it. Right. So even though I fully understand the argument that we will always support natural mine diamonds, they've fed our families for generations, and they are amazing wonders of the world, and I'm in full agreement. I'm also in full agreement that the person that says to them that's an important thing, that they should get what they want. Mm -hmm. So who is going to provide that? That's where, to me, all the pieces matter. Because if we shun those people, then we're losing a potential customer that had they, you know, had someone say something positive, even if they don't believe in it, just, you know, not be against it. Then the next time they walk down the street and they see a jewelry store, they'll probably be a lot more likely to walk in and look around because now Mm. they you know, jewelry actually resonates with them because someone cared that something that was important to them was for them and they didn't insert their own opinion. Right. Now I can see where this all kind of ties together really nicely. And I think as professionals in the industry, sometimes we get really, um, I don't know, stuck with our concepts of what, is a real gemstone, and yes. um, yeah, so we're kind of purists. <laughs> we're kind of purists when it comes to that, and we forget to keep in mind that someone else, it might not matter. And might I add, Abby Sparks Jewelry, just a round of applause from me. One, she has some of the most informative um Instagram TV videos that are short, concise, they are amazing value to the customer, but I really appreciate that she is selling to the person and not through her own personal perspective. You know what I'm Hmm. saying? Like, you know, like, and it's really something that I've really had to think deep on as I am launching my own personal blog because... I think as, like, guild gemologists and as diamondologists, we're used to looking at things that are objective, which have no, you know, personal attachment, like when we classify our gemstones. We have the four C's, color, cut, clarity, you know, carrot weight. Right, yeah. And that's a classification, but because we're used to classifying things, we know that the highest color grade is D-E-F, so even that word highest. If Mm -hmm. we tell a customer that this is the highest grade, we're also, like, subjectively implanting a seed in them that if they like, you know, something that is more of like an amber tone that's going to have a little bit of yellow fire out of it, that that is not the highest or the best. But it could be the highest or the best for them. I think we're, like, an awesome community. And for me, like, I'm excited with the Diamonds of Diversity Project because, you know, sitting down with um, 
my mentor who's helping me, I just didn't even really think about all of the aspects of this project and how I really just want to be able to open it up to our industry. That's why it's so important for it to be nonprofit related. I want people to feel comfortable with, you know, sharing their experiences. Like if you're a beneficiary of the project and you're getting education in some way or information or, you know, maybe it would even be something that I can pitch to different museums as a collection of work. But on the side of the actual benefactor, like the jeweler, I mean, there's so much exposure that can be had, the uniqueness of this whole concept and just reaching your demographic without having to necessarily change your target market. I mean, I just think it's an exciting opportunity. It is exciting. That was so well put, too. You really um, wrapped that up so concisely. So that was really cool. Thank you. I've been watching you as an ambassador for these jewelers, and I mean, I think you're doing a great job. I personally love being jewelry support. Love our industry. I think we are writing our diverse, and we don't even know it. I think that there's an archive of imagery that is going to blow us all away once we see it together. Oh, good! Can't wait to see it start coming together. That's great. All right, my friend. You have a good evening, and I'll um, I'll let you know when this get when this um, is published and send you links and everything. Thank you. All right, Asia, you take care. I'll talk to you soon. You too. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. I hope you enjoyed our conversation with Asia. I really like how she's able to explain the concept of diversity and how it can work together so that you're including different demographics and different concepts with presenting your product, your jewelry, your idea, whatever you're marketing in a way that will include everybody. So until next time, like I said, check out my feed. I've got some really fun things going on in celebration of the 50th anniversary for Apollo 11. And stay tuned because my birthday is towards the end of July. I'll be having a jewelry birthday party. So until next time, cross-check your sparkle. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.